Yes. You are now listening to the sounds. Sports reports is ordered. We ain't going nowhere. We fighting for our spot like Dan Snyder. <laughs> Mr. Logical. Two five. We're here, America, tonight. Getting stuff off our chest as usual. We're going to talk about the NBA Cup. I think that's what we're calling it, the in-season tournament. NBA Cup. Spoiler alert, I don't like it. (laughs) And then we're going to talk about who could possibly win Rookie of the Year if you take away Victor Wimbenyama? You know, so I've been practicing that all day, Wimbenyama. You know, saying, but Mister Logical, yeah. What is the word? Listen, like, yeah, we're gonna start switching things up. Uh, first things first, I want to give a shout out to my friend's brand, S. Morgano brand, based out of South Jersey. Uh, we were having a conversation a couple weeks ago. I was like, yeah, man, even haters need hobbies. So that's what I'm wearing today. I will put a link in the video description, link you to his Instagram. Maybe get, you know, shout out uh, my guy and get a shirt made or anything like that. But like, you know, black owned brand, South Jersey, another veteran owned company. So similar to ours, you know, he just retired a couple weeks ago. So we're going to celebrate that in a, in a few weeks. So yeah, just. You know, every any opportunity you get to to support your friends, man, is free. So, if you have a platform and you have some friends that are doing some things, support them. So that's what we're doing here. Um, but yeah, yes, sir. Esmo so, Gano brand with linked in the description. And I want to give a shout out to Real Talk with Rajon. You know, our guy Rajon Lewis. You shout know, out. podcast just got picked up nationally. So you know, like doing big things. You know, great perspective not just sports a little bit of society little bit of politics you know he ran for senate a little while ago so you know shout out to rajon doing big things you know saying repping it up real sports 365 in the house so shout out. so get it off my chest and boy oh boy is there some things that get off our chest this week yo i'm starting it off like this Trigger figure, what is trigger figures turning Twitter fingers? I'm sick of it, man. <laughs> Y'all need to stay off Twitter. First of all, the word tweet, it just it sounds childish. So if you're in an argument, you're like, yo, you know he tweeted at me. It's just like it just <laughs> it just sounds so just fraudulent and just weak. And it's like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you engaging that? So I'm talking to Sante Samuel. CJ Gardner Johnson, y'all even got Tony Dungy involved. I mean, it's just like <laughs> Sauce Gardner's like, yo, I'm just trying to do my thing. And then you got the whole, they talk about, oh, because the market you play in, and that's why you're so I'm like, yo, can the guy just be good? Can you compete? Like, you can compete with a guy and think you're better than him. You don't have to go at him on Twitter and be like, I think so and so is better than you. It's like, who cares? <laughs> my dude's like, I'm first team all defense as a rookie. I'm shutting things down. He, Sauce Gardner was dope in Cincinnati. I'm just sick of these guys getting in the NFL. And CJ, like, yo, he need to stay off of Twitter in general because you were complaining about the field conditions in the Super Bowl. Like, I won up 10 points. 
Like nobody slipped on that them little zig routes that Kansas City hit you with. I mean, Patrick Mahomes only threw for like 200 yards. Maybe if y'all were better defensively, you know, you would have won that game. So just stay off of Twitter. Stop beefing because it's not beef. It just it's not even entertaining. It's because it doesn't sound smart. You can't type tough. You can't type tough with your thumbs and like send it out. Like it just <laughs> it's just not a thing that happens. And I remember like when he played for the Saints and he went snatched the dudes, uh, like. You know, like that that that, that whole kerfuffle. It's just like yo, cut it out. Just cut out the nonsense with the Twitter. Just for the love of God, like Herm ever said, type it out. Don't press in, because you just you just sound so stupid. And then when you got to get schooled by Tony Dungy, Santi Samuel, it's like yo, you should have just stayed out of it. Just stay out of it. You got your rings. You got your championships. You got your opportunities. You guys got your checks. You got your houses. You got the things that you earned through being world-class athletes. Why are you beefing like 17-year-old girls on the internet sending out tweets to each other like, yo, cut the cat, man. Just play football. You know what I'm saying? He don't need two gats to go to sleep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Asante Samuel had the drink in him going back to back. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. Yo. So I was thinking about this, you know, um, I did a 2-5 daily a couple days ago talking about Rand Paul and his comment about NIL, like con- congressional hearing about golf and live merging. And somehow that turned into antitrust and NIL and we're going to have rap stars instead of basketball stars. And then there were people out here defending him like there was nothing racial about what he said. Like, he didn't say, you know, instead of athletes, we're going to have celebrities or these athletes are going to be bigger than the sport. He specifically said, instead of basketball stars, we're going to have rap stars. So as egregious as that was, let me talk to my guy Danny Cannell for a second. You know, Florida State legend himself, you know. Love them. Cover three podcast. Shout out, you know, one of my favorite college football podcasts out there. So nobody should be under a rock to know, to not know that Pat Fitzgerald just got fired from Northwestern after allegations of hazing and some racial bias, if you will. So so all the all I keep hearing from certain people, including Mr. Cannell, I even heard a little bit from Dan Patrick was. Pat Fitzgerald is such a good guy. No one has ever said a bad thing about him. Ain't nobody say nothing crazy about R. Kelly either. You know what I mean? Like sometimes people that have the appearance of doing good condone bad things. And I'm not necessarily accusing Pat Fitzgerald of condoning it, but this is what I'll say to get it off my chest. All I hear about football coaches is they sleep in their office. They work 20 hours a day. You know, they don't never spend time with their family because they can't. They're technicians and strategists that sit around devising plans and they know everything that's going on in their program. But yet, somehow, he didn't know that dudes was naked low crawling in the locker room. He didn't know that dudes was getting dry humped on while by guys wearing purge masks in the locker room. Now, Does a coach know everything that's going on? No. I don't know everything my kids are doing when they're at school. So I'm not going to use that whole, like, he's got to know. He's got to know. 
But somebody got to know he's got assistant coaches. He's got recruiting analysts. And, oh, guess what? By the way, his son is on the team. So I can't buy that he knew nothing. Now, with that being said, Northwestern, looking real Ray Reichers out here, you know, because the story came out. We got the word that it was going to be a two-game or, I'm sorry, two-week suspension. Besides the fact that it's the middle of July, media day hasn't even happened yet, season ain't start yet, I don't know what kind of suspension that is. You know, like, he would probably love to sit at home right now, you yeah. know. But once it took, once the story got some steam, ESPN and all the big wigs started picking up on it, he got fired the next day. So what changed between when we knew little versus when the details became public. And oh, by the way, last thing, they didn't fire one assistant. Just him. So now he's after his $42 million because they fired him for cause. But, you know, he's owed $42 million over the lifetime of the 10 years that he signed for this contract. So he coming for that money. So and we'll they going to have to pay him. We'll see how this plays out. You know, but there you go. Get it off my chest. So, Mr. Logical, I've been sitting up here all week watching Rocky. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> watching Rocky run up the steps, watching him give Apollo Creed that work. And then Adam Silver came out. We got the details finally of the NBA in-season tournament. I can't, I don't even know. Speechless. What you got? The NBA, I think they're they're making they're trying to make a lot of decisions based off of viewership. The NBA Finals viewership, people feel like it's been less and less every year. Like the Bucks Suns final was not that you know as far as the Nielsen ratings didn't have that many fans per game or you know audience. The Super Bowl always has this grand audience, and it it's not wise. For any sport to compare their championship games or rounds or televised events with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl in and of itself is a football game, a global event disguised as a football game. So that's gonna that's gonna trump all your numbers every year. It's never gonna go down because it's a one and done. Anything can happen. You know, you could ask the 18 and 1 Patriots, you know, why the Super Bowl is important and how how like of a grand scale that's on if you're an nba you can't expect those kind of numbers and i want to say uh i want to give credit to god believe his name was clay travis and what he said was the nba embraced with this quote-unquote woke politics i don't like the phrase woke politics but i know what i get what he means i'm not one of these people who can't understand like listen i get what you're trying to say i, I get what you mean whatever the case may be but he's saying that the nba the fact that they took on the woke politics and the Black Lives Matter. But I'm like, the NFL did the same thing. So it has nothing to do with the viewership of the NBA Finals. It's just the NBA stars aren't as captivating, and then your big stars don't play as much. Like, we haven't had a Durant-LeBron matchup. I think we've had one in the last four years. Like a regular season, LeBron versus Durant, like Durant's playing, or Embiid when he should have played against Jokic. So what you have is just you have to manufacture entertainment. 
And that's what they came up with this tournament. The fact that they're trying to go global, I think it, it kins itself to the European and the other soccer tours, like the CONCACAF Cups going on right now, the United States and Canada and like Ecuador, like this, this, this Western hemisphere. Then you have the Premier Leagues and all these other leagues, you know, all these other leagues in Europe that do the soccer thing where they have these midseason tournaments. And it just drives up the entertainment, the 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 one and done aspect of it, the single elimination, the fact that there's a trophy on the line and something else, another talking point. So I get it from that aspect. I don't know how it's going to pan out. And like I say, you'll get into, you know, some of the numbers, but I don't know how it's going to pan out because are people going to use that opportunity to really go out there and show they want to win this cup? Or are they going to be like, you know what, I'm just going to take December 7th through the 9th off and just enjoy like an early Christmas break by just not caring if you make it to the championship round. Well, you know, so of course <clears throat> the NBA runs into the issue of the season starting right at the peak of the NFL playoff race, you know, and then you, of course you got college football going on as well. So you're already in an uphill battle. I'm all about innovation, trying something new, you know I'm not a big fan of the play-in. It's had its moments, but overall, I just don't have a need for it myself. You I know, like the play-in. You know, but 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 I understand how the play-in could be entertaining. You know, especially when you had two play-in teams this year go to the conference finals. At the very least, one made the finals. So from that standpoint, the play-in worked this year. You know, my the issue with the play-in was just. If I finish five, six games ahead of you, you shouldn't have the same chance to make the playoff that I do because what's the point of the regular season? But with this tournament, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, as you mentioned, these different tournaments like the Champions League. But the reason that the Champions League is so exciting is because you have different regions of the world involved. You have teams from Argentina playing against Real Madrid. You have your English Premier League team, <coughs> like Liverpool, playing against, you know, somebody from Germany that they don't regularly see because most of the Premier League and Bundesliga and leagues like that play within their countries. So this is a chance for a European slash world tournament. You got the Europa League. So when I was looking at this and I brought up Rocky because my thought was, why not have the G League champion participate in this? Why not have some European teams like Real Madrid, who's not just a soccer team, Real Madrid play in this tournament? You know, we, we've been talking about the influx of international players coming over to the NBA. You know, your Lucas, you know, Embiid is international, Giannis, so on and so forth. You know, are the international players taking over? You got SGA from Canada, Jamal Murray, so on and so forth. So I believe that, and, and, and this is the first year of it. Uh, so, Tristan Thompson. Yeah, 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 him too. You know, <laughs> So this is like the first year of it. So maybe this is something that could potentially happen in the future. But this is just me thinking out loud, thinking outside the box of it doesn't have to be an NBA exclusive tournament. You know, uh, it could be a mini FIBA, for example. And then that way you get more buy-in. And me and Mr. Logical just sat up here a couple of weeks ago with the NBA draft, right? Who knows these guys? 
you know, this is an opportunity to showcase some new players, you know, NBA Africa, you know, we got uh, Sasha Kinzenkoff, you know, the uh, EuroLeague MVP who just picked up, who just got picked up out of Sacramento Kings this year. This is a tournament where future league EuroLeague MVPs could play in. So then when they set up the pools, they set it up by conference too. So it's not even like a grab bag mixture, you know, of teams, because I've been a proponent of, I would like to see the playoffs go one through 16, forget the conferences because you don't care about divisions anyway. But so for this tournament, that might've been an opportunity, but I understand from a travel standpoint, logistics wise, that may not work, but they're, but they're using last year's standings to set up the pool for this year. So what happens if say, Amen Thompson is everything that I think he is. And then the Houston Rockets go on and win this tournament and then they win 33 games and don't make the playoffs. Then what? Like is load management going to be a thing? Like, you know, $500,000 per player to the winning team. Do you have to play? Do you have to play? But you, also can you sit your guys. Can you sit Kawhi on tournament game nights? Because we're going to get into right. the format. Too, right. And like, he was the guy that I was going to bring up, like a guy like him who is is load managing, you know, Paul George, Anthony Davis, that does, you know, people like this that generally load manage. But then you got your Gabe Vincent's, you know, your Shaden Sharps, your Josh Giddies, who aren't necessarily getting paid just yet. So they want to ball out, and this could be that's where it could be good showcasing new players in the league. Maybe a team like, say, Minnesota gets on TV during this tournament where they normally wouldn't. So maybe that could be a good thing. I mean, like for me, I'm trying to get out of this, I'm actively getting out of this, uh, this aversion to change. I figure it's change is something new, let me embrace it. First, because you know you can always break it down and be like, "This is terrible. This is terrible," but it could work. It could be entertaining. It could lock you into now when you buying tickets. You're like, "Okay, I know these games are going to be tournament games, the, the playing games, those games that are going to be scheduled on Tuesdays and Fridays from November third to November twenty eighth. So that's you know, on Tuesdays and Fridays, you're only going to play those games. So you're going to play against the other teams in your group. So you got a group like a uh, like we'll go group A out west. Yeah, Memphis, Phoenix, the Lakers, Utah, and can't read my old handwriting, Portland. <laughs> so you got Portland. So like those those kind of matchups, you know, you got Portland versus LA, you got Utah, LA, Phoenix, Memphis. So you you have like a good grouping there. The if you go west, Boston, Brooklyn, Toronto. Chicago and Orlando in the same one, but you got Brooklyn and Boston in the same in the same group, Group C. So they'll play their games on those Tuesdays and Fridays, and then you know as the winners, the top sixteen, you have the wild card. So it's a crazy format, but I think I think the fact that I thought when I first heard about this tournament, it was going to they were going to stop the season, mid season, put on this tournament that didn't count, and then resume the season and then go to the all-star break which is essentially another break in the season and then play out the rest of the regular season so that's the because i had no idea what the format was going to be but as i hear this format i am i'm a fan i'm a fan i'm excited for it because i think it will 
I think people will watch it just because it's a another piece. It's like you have the NBA regular season, then you got the all-star game, so and then you have the playoffs. So some people don't watch all the regular season, but a lot of people tune in for the all-star game stuff, like that whole weekend. You know, even though like like I said, this past one was in Utah, it didn't seem very exciting, but people tuned in for that, you know, different element. And then when the playoffs started, it was also different. And that's why I said I reason like the play-in because the play-in requires teams that are in eighth, but they're four games up on a team that's in ninth. You know, they can't slack and just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna go nine because years pass and the play before the play-in. If you were four games back or four and a half games back of eighth place with twelve games left, you would just shut it down. You're like, "Yo, listen." We're not going to make up this difference. We're not going to go twelve and zero, and this other team go you know seven and five. So you're more likely going to miss the playoffs anyway. So you would shut it down. So Charlotte comes up here to the you know tri-state area, and I want to see Sixers versus the Hornets. And Lamelo Ball is not playing because they're in ninth place. He's resting an ankle, or Embiid's not playing because they're firmly in five. Well, if he was playing more games in the first place, maybe they wouldn't have been four games back. <laughs> yeah, so, but but he would have to play. But, you know, like, so Embiid would have to play to ensure, like, they don't drop the seven and drop mm-hmm. into the play-in. So that's why I like the play-in because I'm not sure if it really changed the the play dynamics, but it does change the, the effort and the entertainment aspect of it because that's what Adam Silver ultimately has to look to is, like, is my league entertaining? You know what'll make is this tournament? Money, is, it, is it making money? Is it entertaining? You know what'll make this tournament entertaining? Give me the Elam endings. Oh. You know, the, 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 like they do the All Star game. You know where, you know, once you get to that certain point in the game, you get a target score. You know, give me that. That might make because I saw that in summer league. I today. hate the I hate the target score. I like the target I, score. I hate it because it. So but but see but but see for me just from my perspective. That target score does what you say that the play-in does, you know, for the all-star game where, like, instead of screwing off or whatever the case – I mean, they still screw off. This all-star game this past year was probably this the best one, one yeah, I ever It just was like but, literally no one cared, and then when it, they just they just let – they basically let the other team get to the target score. But in a, but in a theoretical sense, in one of these in-season games, you know, you could have a 93-92 to 92 score – and your target score could be 100. And those last couple of possessions for those points bring that entertainment and effort that you're talking about the play-in does. You know, so so th- so that's an idea maybe that somebody could throw out there. But, you know, but but as far as if the actual... That, if you did that with, with the G League, I, w- I would use that with the G League because the G League stats don't count, whereas these count towards your regular season records so yeah everything are, counts except for the championship game yeah, like so we were talking about kevin durant's point total before we got on live you know he's 1300 points behind was it mellow uh no he's uh he's uh, i can't even remember he's like four thousand points behind mellow or something along those lines he's like four thousand points behind wilt like two thousand yeah he was 40 yeah he was 4500 behind uh well 
behind like, Will, yeah, and just shy of like less than two thousand points behind. See, I'm Miller. looking, at, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, if, you're, if you're playing one of these tournaments with just a target score, but it's a regular season game, then you you can adversely affect the guy's potential bonus. Like I, Gilbert Arenas, I watched. He was on a podcast. I won't give him credit for this. He was talking about teams. He's like, if you're on a bad team and you get a $2 million bonus if you're averaging 20.2 point, 20 points a game. They'll put you in in the last game and check you right out. Now your point total is 19.9, and they won't put you back in. So if you have a guy in the regular season who he gets a bonus if he is averaging 22 points, 23 points, well, in that total target score game, they could be sitting on 22, 23 points. And normally if they had a regular, you know, your regular 48 minutes, they would hit that target point and it would just continue with the average. But if you just take a game, there's like up oh, first one to a hundred game over, but it still counts, you know, and potentially some guy, somebody misses out on two, four, five, $10 million bonus, then that becomes a problem. So I think you keep it with the regular season. If you're, if you're going to count as a regular season game, regular season points, but if you want to do the target score, have the same in-season tournament for the G League because that's what they really need. They, I don't need to see Luca and Kyrie and LeBron and uh, Kawhi and all these other NBA guys in an in-season tournament. I need the guys that you want to put on TV in June shaking Adam Silver's hand. We need to see these guys play mm-hmm. because right now, you don't put Houston's not on TV a lot. Like we talked about this a few days ago. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it more as the schedule comes out, see if we're right. But we predicted what we thought the five Christmas games are going to be. And in there, we put a couple of hopeful games because that's what we're thinking. Like, oh, let's put a couple of young teams in there. But the NBA's probably going to do your same standard peanut butter and jelly sandwich of your cutout like these five teams i know i'm sitting up here here trying to enjoy my smoked turkey while watching julius randall chuck (laughs) so it's like that's what you that's what you're gonna get on on christmas day so you do it with the g league and you highlight it like you really highlight it i don't know if you have to have it at the regular arena and just charge ten dollars a ticket and let people sit courtside for a hundred bucks and just really sell the G League because they're trying to sell the NBA. There's people we already bought the NBA. People buy 2K. You about to play mm-hmm. 2K earlier? I got like five jerseys in there. I got hats everywhere. I've got LeBron shoes. I got Jordans. People like I got. I have my basketball shoes or Dame Lillard shoes. Like we already are purchasing the the stars of the NBA. You need to highlight the young guys. And I think this NCAA tournament might because if Kawhi is going to rest that day and it's a it's tournament game on a Tuesday, he's going to rest. Yeah, and he's see, and nobody, and nobody knows these guys, you know, that are getting drafted or that are on some of these teams. But we know the G League dudes because those are probably the dudes that we watched in college. So those are the guys that, you know, you might – some guys like me might be interested of, like, Hey, I'm a Kentucky fan. Let me check out Ty Ty Washington. Or, you know, like, let me see what this guy who I thought had NBA star potential, but why is he down there playing for Sioux Fall? You know, so on and so forth. You know, Texas Legends, Raptors 905, whatever. But that's why I thought potentially you could add a uh, G League team, like maybe the champion, to this tournament. 
you know, but obviously that would go against it being a regular season tournament, yeah. you know, because they're and they would get destroyed, you know, and they would possibly get destroyed, you know, they would lose like, 112 to 66, you know, hey, but that's my Rocky element, you know, Rocky was supposed to get destroyed too. Now, granted, it was a movie, but you know, well, Rocky this, was supposed to get destroyed too. Maybe you'll get an Orlando versus Houston final, and we get to see all these young players that have been drafted over the last three or four years and see if they. If they can really shine, because that's what you need. Because if we if we do the math, like you and I are about to hit forty two, a lot of the NBA stars are pretty close to that number as well. Mm-hmm. Like people don't think about it because they're all there in their thirties. Yeah, yeah, we don't need guys, Denver to win this. Yeah, yeah, these guys are like 34, 35, 36. Dame's over thirty. Russ is over thirty. Steph all, is thirty five. Steph is thirty five. LeBron's damn near forty. I think AD is. AD might be 30, but he, his body is 39. You know, like he might not, he might not have six or seven years. I'm not, yeah. that's not a knock on him. It's yeah, just like it's just the truth. Injuries, the injuries that he has are like every year. I think they just like down. one of my, just like one of my favorite NFL players, Todd Girl Knee. You know, just like him. When it, yeah, when it, when it goes bad, is like you, you have to, you're a finely tuned athlete. So it's like it has to work out to where your whole body's intact. So a lot of these guys, Draymond's getting old, Clay's old, Kawhi, Paul George, and these are the guys we see everywhere. They're already starting their own second career. A lot of them, yeah. And Paul George are all the time. And Paul George is older than Kawhi. I mean, granted, just a year, but you know, yeah. like you wouldn't think that. <laughs> like, you think about like, oh, this guy got drafted in 2011. Like, yeah, but he got drafted at 22 years old. It's about to be 2024. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, it just doesn't seem like it because we're living a life. We do math. Like, oh, like I was about to watch Superbad yesterday. That movie came out in 2007. Well, that's like when I look at Harden, you know, because I know you always talk about how Harden is pretty much washed up. You I know? never said he was washed up. I just. Close I just, enough. No, I just don't think, I don't think he was ever going to be able to carry a team and the pace that he was playing at Houston He'll never get back to that. So well, okay. I don't know so what he does it, well enough. Is it safe to say? Is to it safe be to considered say? a superstar because he he can't do what he did in Houston, and I don't know it, what else. Is it he safe does. to say he's on his decline? Oh, absolutely. Okay, but, so but so that's like natural thing. But looking at Harden, if I remember correctly, he came into the league after you know KD and Westbrook. You know, so a couple of years in college, I believe. I think he did. Yeah. So so even at, State. yeah. So even at worst. This is probably year 14, 13 or 14 for him. Yeah, that's a long time. That's a yeah. lot. Of, these guys are playing. Our, your major stars in the NBA have been playing in the playoffs pretty much every year because Russ has been in the playoffs a lot, got a lot of run. AD's been a lot recently. Yoke has been getting a lot of playoff run. Chris Paul, older guy, but he's been in the playoffs. Like He just keeps his team in playoff contention all the time. They say he might not be a great teammate, whatever the case may be. And B's in the playoffs all the time. Kyrie, well, except for this year, but Kyrie's in the playoffs. If he's not in the playoffs, he's hurt. So it's it adds like, up. So it's like either you're you hurt know. and that's taken away from like you know what you can give physically, or you play a lot of games, so that takes away what you can do. Physically. Yeah, like think about it. Like Golden State and Sacramento just went seven in the first round. You know, if this was like ninety-two. It would have been a five-game series, so you know, two extra games, you know, from yesteryear, if you will. Yeah. So, so yeah, it adds up, and you know, when you look at Golden State, you probably got to add an extra year or two to them because 
They They've played... been to the finals six times in the last eight years. Yeah, six finals runs. Maybe nine years, you know, but... Eight, nine years. So that's... I think Draymond says something along the lines he was talking about. He was like, I've played... He's, I think he said he played the equivalent of like two extra NBA seasons. Mm-hmm. And just or imagine... At least, at, least one, at least one and a half extra. And then just imagine LeBron... Guys. You know what he's I mean? Average, like, he's from, averaging like a hundred games a year. Yeah, he got drafted in two thousand three. You know, <laughs> twenty years, twenty years of, of basketball. Hey, when 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 uh when LeBron, I just retired from the military last August. When LeBron came into the league, I was already in for four years. I did almost twenty two <laughs> years. When LeBron got drafted, I was on my first deployment. Of See like what I'm saying? Seven. I had already deployed. You know what I mean. I was in during 9/11, so like it's just like a whole different perspective. You know when you look at it in the in the large scope of things. But as far as this tournament, you know, uh, I'm gonna watch it just because I'm a basketball fan. You know what I mean. So I'm gonna watch it. The idea though is to get the casual in. You know, it's just like you know you brought up NBA 2K. They don't make NBA 2K for me anymore. Because they just roll a video game out, and I'm like, yo, let me start my My League, add my expansion teams, and I'm good to go. They're making NBA 2K for the My Career guys, you know, that want to create a dude, take them to the wreck and the park and all that stuff like that. Get and their DC. Yeah, all that stuff like that. So, so they have to find a way. I don't know if this tournament does that as far as, like, getting the casual fan who only tunes in during the playoffs or – like you said, after All-Star break, or I would say most people, probably most people that aren't like hardcore NBA fans probably pick it up on Christmas. And even after that, they chill. Yeah, yeah. so much football. But even after Christmas. So much football. But, but, but But even after Christmas, you get into the NFL playoffs. So like you might catch that one day of those five games or whatever, and you keep up with that. But then you're not back again until after the Super Bowl. So I don't know if this tournament does anything to bring those people in and and, and has those people excited. Like you might have some people for the semis and championship games get excited for trips because they're going to be in Vegas. So you might have yeah, I people. Think that's why they're doing it in Vegas, because I think you can get people to just want to go to the game because they're in Vegas and they're just making part of the Vegas experience. Like, yeah, let's go to Vegas for this. So but, but are you, people, you need is, it's like 20,000 people. All you need that for the camera. But and are you, people going to get with some celebrities? But are people going to treat the knockout game like a playoff game or like oh, March yeah. Madness or, you know what I mean? Like, is that going to work in November? You know, I think it will because. So it's the teams that win. Like if we go through the groups right now, we'll we'll you pick a winner. Like I like whatever winner you pick, I'll, I'll circle it. All okay, right. Well. So we'll just just based off just not even like just just a, just a wag, just a wild. Right, 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 right. Yeah, give me the groups. Right. Yeah. So we're gonna go Western Conference first. Group A: Memphis, Phoenix, Lakers, Jazz, Portland. Who wins that? Lakers. So you got Lakers. Group B, we got Denver, New Orleans, Dallas, Houston. 
don't know. I'm killing my hair right in here. Clippers. <laughs> we'll go with Denver. Denver. Group C. We got I Sacramento. To, I wanted to Golden pick somebody Golden. else, but I couldn't. I, I thought you would, too. I was like, somebody <laughs> else just to not say Denver. But Yeah. So, Group C, we got Sacramento, Golden State, Minnesota, OKC, San Antonio. Sacramento. Sacramento. All right. So then we got Eastern Conference, Group A, 76ers, Cavs, Hawks, Pacers, Pistons. Pacers. Oh, I like it. All right, Group B, Bucks, Knicks, Heat, your beloved Wizards, and the Charlotte Hornets. Bucks. <laughs> Group B, we got... Celtics, Brooklyn, Toronto, Chicago, Orlando. Boston. Boston. And then you got your two wild card teams. So so, so, so my wild card. Yeah, so my wild card teams, um, I'll pick Phoenix, you know, as my West uh wild card. And then in the East, I will pick Cleveland. Cleveland. All right. So that gives us a tournament of Phoenix. Versus LA, Denver versus Sacramento, Cavs versus Indiana, Bucks versus Celtics. All right. So that's it. That's a decent. So you know, you might get a situation where maybe Donovan Mitchell on a granted likelihood of him scoring over 70 points two seasons in a row is unlikely, but you know, he's streaky, he gets hot. Uh and the Cavs, they run it for the East. So you got Cavs versus Sacramento and the championship. See, I would love that, but the casual yeah. won't like that. But I think if if they get it through the knockout, I think people will like it because it's quicker. I don't think people were rocking with the NBA playoffs because it's seven games. And we, like, for instance, I don't say we knew, but we all predicted that Denver was going to beat Miami. So each game felt like delaying the inevitable. Even though Miami put up a great run, it just, when it, when it came down to it, it was like, Denver is going to probably beat Miami. Right. So that's what we, we've been getting in the finals is this these matchups to where like the, all the rounds leading up to the championship. You know, it's four rounds of seven games. That's a lot of games to get a casual fan to watch with this many. 20 teams make the NBA playoffs. So it's too much time. I need Adam Silva to fix the summer league. That's what I need him to fix. The summer league is just a showcase. and a, Give these players some money. <laughs> no, they're not giving up that money. They give you an opportunity to be. No, I swear, TV. like every, I've been watching summer league all day. Like, so I've been catching games here and there sparingly, like certain matchups. You know, I watched Wimbenyama. I watched, uh, you know, Amen and Scoop before they got hurt. You know, all that good stuff like that. But today is like the first day that I've actually sat, like from beginning to just about end, to watch the summer league. And every game that I've watched today literally has a team jump out to like a 17-point lead. Then the other team comes back. Or it's just a blowout. And I don't understand why. Man, I mean, Charlotte is just bad. But like, I think I saw somebody post. Would, I would you say something about like this is the worst summer league team ever assembled? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't my comment. That, that, that was somebody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, somebody yeah. said that to you. Somebody said that on one of the podcasts that I listened to. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Andrew Slick. Um, 
from one of the NBA podcasts on The Athletic, but they were saying that uh, it was the worst summer league team. Like, Charlotte didn't even try. They were just like, yo, we want to see Brandon Miller play. So, like, just just get some people out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if they have a real viewership problem. Maybe it's a money thing. Maybe people are just expecting that every every single generation of the NBA in the last 40 years has had like a spike in something mm-hmm. like you had the eighties where it just went from the seventies where everyone was winning championships and it was kind of like blah. And it was like tape delay. And then you had the magic bird. So you had these players that drove everything regarding the NBA. And now like the players you have are, you know, like I think you just you run out you run out of time. Like mm-hmm. these guys, like it's gonna be in three years, none of the guys who are considered top ten right now and like popularity, jersey sales, mm-hmm. shoe deal, stuff like that. Most of those guys are gonna be gone. Steph's gone, Katie's gonna be gone. Russ, maybe Russ is still kind of like just out there playing for the love of it, but I can see him gone. Chris Paul gone, LeBron gone. AD probably goes after that. MB, maybe he ends his career a little early because it's like, hey, he gets a, another little nagging foot injury that he can't come back from. You know, something something like that. Hey. He's like, you know what? I'm, I think I'm done. And, hey, and you're gonna run out of you're gonna run out of players. You know, Mr. Logical got his uh Dane to Utah. I got my MB to New York. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I was but like summer league, like you could tell some teams like actually put thought into their summer league team as far as like, I want to get a look at this guy or even if it's not like the big rookie that you draft, like the Suns have this guy Kamara, you know, like he's got to get some rotational minutes. Like, I don't know. Like they, they, I know they got their roster filled out now, but like at some point this guy is going to get called up and he's going to play, you know, um, I was looking at, um, you know, Portland, and they got this guy, Mike DeVoe, you know, I don't know if he's going to get called up, but he's on the summer league team for a reason. Like somebody wanted to see him and see what he can do. And he was out here when they played with Benyama, you know, he out here scoring 27 points or whatever. He's not going to supplant Shaden Sharp or anything like that, but somebody wanted to get a look at him, you know, but these teams like the Wizards and Charlotte, like the way that they put, effort into their summer league team shows you why they're the Hornets and the Wizards. You know, like, it's like, okay, I know who you drafted. Ain't nobody else on this court getting a call up. They ain't getting no 10-day contracts out here. Well, it's like they're hoarding players. (laughs) They just have, like, some teams, they just have too many. They just have too many guys. And like I said, we talked about this before. You got 12, 12 guys on the bench. You're only playing eight. You got guys literally could not have a jersey on underneath their warm-up, and it wouldn't even matter because you're never going to put them in a game. Yeah. Um, but like the poor, like the poor teams are going to make poor decisions, and they're going to have poor results. Um, but I'm just, like, like, but I'm just like trying, trying to find trying a to gym. Trying to find a gym or something. Like trying to find your Max Struess. You know, try to find your Gabe Vincent. Because it's not it's always gonna... these guys are good at it. Give them a shot. Like, yeah, 
most of coach most coaches get fired anyway. Right. No matter what your contract is, most guys are getting fired. So you might as well go out there and make decisions that at least make it look like your your effort is matching your intensity yeah, like, and what you said in the interview. Yeah, like when I was watching the Spurs, you know, obviously everybody was, you know, looking at Wimbenyama, you know, but, you know, uh, Malachi Branham was out there. He was on the roster last year, and last year he killed it in summer league. This year he's killing it in summer league, but I don't know how many minutes he's going to get you know, during the actual season. And it's like, I understand, obviously, we talked about overtime elite with the Thompson twins and the competition that they were playing against. So so summer league, obviously, you're not playing against the best of the best. But if you stand out. At least you're playing against grown men. You're yeah. playing against big bodies, at least. Because the overtime elite felt like it was like a lot of smaller guys. But, you know, summer league, you're probably playing against – you know, 23, 24-year-old guys, maybe a couple of 25, 26-year-old guys, been in the gym a little bit, might have a little strength to them. Shows you, like, you know, you can take a bump, you can take a foul. But the summer league, like the NBA, if you want to increase its viewership, then either you're going to have to just accept the fact that the summer league, they're going to get, like, you get a couple of games with Biyama. I think that's what it is. Like, listen, we can play a couple of games and we're going to sit them down. Because we can't, it's it's for it's no purpose. I gotta get I gotta get eight, I gotta sell out forty one home games with my team, as an owner, as a GM, as a coach, as a player personnel. Like I say, don't play them at all. If that's the case, well, you you gotta you gotta generate the buzz too. Like it's it's a double edged sword. You can't overplay them, but you gotta let them showcase something. That way, people are excited to pay because the, the Wimbyama tickets are going to be inflated. Mm-hmm. They're there, you might be able to get last year's San Antonio versus the Wizards in DC was probably $12. You could probably like legitimately be somewhere in the arena with a $12 ticket, $15 ticket, maybe even $20. You might be high up there, but you might be able to get in, you know, 12 15 bucks for a ticket on StubHub or SeatGeek or one of these apps. This year, when San Antonio comes to town, that's going to be a $75 ticket. Even if you're above the scoreboard, it's still going to be about 75 to 100 bucks. No, just I to get be that. in the like, building. You know, so but, you got to showcase them in order to be able to sell that product. So, so how much do you think? I know we always talk about motivation and, like, you know, did the other team motivate the star to come out and kill them or whatever? So, like, do you think that summer league has a correlation as far as if the Rockets win summer league, that gives yeah. them a certain confidence going into the season? I think what I think what it does, it might give individual players confidence because if you like, I'm watching quarterback on Netflix and Kirk Cousins. He's a real introspective guy. And he talks about being comfortable and confidence, and you know when things click. So if you got a young guy. You know, like Chad Holmgren got injured playing the exhibition game last year, missed his whole rookie year. The knock on him is he's so skinny. Can he handle the rigors of the NBA? But you go out there and you get, you know, some great highlight blocks, some chase down blocks, um, some rotational defense blocks, help defense when you come from the weak side, help, you know, help defense, and you put up 25 points. 
that can let him know, like, yo, all right, my foot's good. I'm ready to go. Get me to training camp. You just might need that. Everybody's not going to get that opportunity to get to training camp, but I think that helps him. If they would have sat Victor Wimbenyama after his first game and say, you know what, we're going to shut it down, I'm not sure if he feels as confident as he did after having over 20-plus points the second game. Then you shut him down. So you know, it's that- like get the free throw, get see the ball go through the hoop, that whole concept of seeing the ball go through the hoop. Now you're good to go. Like Jamal Murray did it in the, the series with the Lakers when he was missing all day long. And then in that fourth quarter, he hit like a little step back two pointer and they went in. He was like, and he said, I think he said, finally, he said he, he showed like a visible sense of relief. Like finally my jumper went through and then he scored like 17 points for the rest of the quarter. So, so with that I, being I said, kind of uh, buzz you get. so with that being said, uh, Chad Holmgren going to win rookie of the year. I think I know the odds. Like I have the odds right down here. I'm a big gambler. College boys at the casino last night. It was fun. I love it. Um, his odds are plus seven hundred. Because like I said, this this conversation is like not necessarily excluding Victor Victor Wimbanyama, but you know the assumption is he's that he's an outright front runner. Yeah, he's the odds falling favorite. So there's no point for us to say, hey, Victor Wimbanyama could Wimbanyama can win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, so Chet Holmgren is third at plus seven hundred. So that you mean you bet a hundred dollars, you win seven hundred plus your hundred back. So a total you'll get eight hundred dollars back. Scoot Henderson's plus four hundred. Brandon Miller's plus thirteen hundred. Um, and we'll talk through each one. Chet, I think he has an opportunity. Except, what's going to necessarily hold him back is that they have SGA Giddy that had a good season last year. SGA. First team all NBA showed he's a star, NBA All Star, with the you know walking in the arena with the Louis briefcases and the full league mink coats like he's full on and wants star. more money for the All Star game. <laughs> so, so he's the star. He's locked in. Giddy. He, he could be an MVP candidate depending on how the season goes. I for think them. automatically you should be MVP candidate if you make if you make any of the All NBA teams. Mm-hmm. You know, especially first team All NBA. Like, okay. Well, I'm just saying, if OKC wins 50 games this year, you know, like he might I think for if, real. I think if we start talking about it now, the buzz will generate, but they got to win games. And I mm-hmm. think Chet Holmgren being healthy will help him win games, but it's a matter of like who gets the credit. And that's how the rookie of the year, most, most awards work. You know, we talk about this with KD and, and Steph. Both of those guys were probably still worthy of being in the MVP conversation. But the fact that they're on the same team back in 2017, 2018, 2019, it was like it just canceled out. Same thing with healthy AD, healthy LeBron. It's like, okay, you guys cancel each other out. Russ by himself getting a triple-double, that's, that's been the award. That's been the uh, the formula that we've seen recently. So based on a lot of these, these picks, Scoot Henderson probably has the best shot because Dame wants out, and he's going to fill in where Dame was. Portland will still probably be terrible, but if he plays with that intensity and that chip on his shoulder, because he said before the draft, he's like, I still think I should be number one pick. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah, so if he plays with that tenacity, it's like Dame 2.0. Victor Wimbyam, I'm not sure if he will be able to do that, just because the way he plays doesn't look the same either, doesn't move the same, and I think – 
they're going to have to there i think san antonio is going to manage him more to mm-hmm. where his minutes won't match up to get him like yeah they're going to have him on a pitch count and i think chet's going to be in the same situation where you might it's like I would want my seven foot two guy who can handle the ball and shoot the three out there, but it's like you're coming off a foot injury. You are abnormally tall and abnormally skinny, so we're gonna have hey, to. They monitor. said that man gained sixteen pounds, and he still weighs sixteen more pounds than my fourteen year old son. Like I mean, let's keep it. Let's keep it a buck. He's, he's not very big, so it's like you know if if you think about like Zion is. They said he's two sixty when he plays. So New Orleans versus OKC, Chet's in the starting lineup. You putting them on Zion? I'm gonna go with no. I mean, you can put them on Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. but Brandon Ingram has some years in the league. He has some of that. He has he has that grown man strength that I don't know. They might weigh the same. I think Brandon Ingram's pretty skinny guy. I don't think it's really impacting him negatively throughout his career, but he's a pretty skinny guy. You can maybe match them up there. So with OKC, they're going to go, everything's going to go through SGA. Brandon Miller, he's going to have LaMelo Ball, and LaMelo Ball is going to be the reason why he's the star. He'll get the lob passes. So LaMelo Ball will get all the shine and all the the accolades. And they still won't win any games. It won't like they, they're going to win a lot more <laughs> games. Like, yeah. just keep the buck. There's like hey, a, they got Miles Bridges, or yeah, Miles Bridges back. Yeah, as long as he got his focus back, but they're probably going to win around the same amount of games they won last year. Maybe they'll well, be Brandon in the Miller, contention. Brandon Miller makes me sound like such a hypocrite sometimes, because you know I'm out here telling everybody like, don't overreact to summer league, don't overreact to summer league, like good or bad. You know, I went I, I went down the list, two five daily talking about. This person has the most rebounds in a G League game. You never heard of him. This person has the most assist, so on and so forth. But then when I look at Brandon Miller, the last taste that we had of Brandon Miller was him going 8 for 41 in the NCAA tournament. So just, so just for me, so just for me, like the way my mind works is like, yo, the next time I get on a basketball court on national TV, or whatever, I got to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove, you know. And, and I saw and, a high school highlight where he jumped over a guy and dunked on him. Yeah, like, like he don't do that now. This dude, this dude was gonna try to take a charge. He just jumped completely over this guy. Granted, the dude's probably a sophomore or whatever, five foot eight. Yeah, so at but best, he completely cleared this guy and dunked the basketball. I haven't seen anything like that from him since. Yeah, so at best, you're hoping that just because you brought him up. You're hoping Brandon Miller could be a Brandon Ingram, you know, type dude. You know, like a lot of people compare him to Paul George or Danny Granger, but you're hoping for like a a B.I. kind of guy. But when I came out and I watched him after his 8 for 41 worst NCAA tournament performance ever, probably, you know, he goes 5 for 15. He goes 4 for 18 in summer league. And And granted, I know he's got nobody around him on the summer league team and it'll look better once he gets around mellow and your boy terry rogier but but it's just like after coming off that eight for 41 i wanted to see him come out the first game of summer league and just say i'm here i talked about that like when he got drafted i was like his face didn't it just didn't everyone doesn't have to be super intense 
Everyone yeah. doesn't have to be pumping their chest. Like, you know, a guy like Kawhi, you could bump Kawhi and he'll just keep walking. Like, or you, yeah. you ask for a fist bump and he'll be like, just keep going. You know, like he's he's just he's not a rah rah guy, and I get that. But I was just looking at Brandon Miller, it was like you just got drafted number two overall to a team that at that point Jordan still was part of the ownership group. So Jordan was the one that picked him. You know, you're literally gonna go to one of the most iconic people on earth. One of the most iconic people to ever do anything in the history of the globe. And you're just kind of like, you know, just wanna Eeyore. It's just like maybe that's not your personality, but it just seems like you would expect a little bit more. Like a little, little bit. Yeah, more, my daughter, my daughter's fire. like that. Like I could literally be like, you know, baby, we won the Powerball, eight hundred million dollars, and my daughter would be like, "That's so cool." <laughs> like, like that's just, some people are just like that, despondent like that, you know, like yeah. So it just like it just it just didn't it didn't give me the and 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 the sad thing for Brandon Miller, like you know, like even if he ends up being good, you know, um, going forward. He might not even be the best rookie that Charlotte drafted this year. You know, like you got Nick Smith out there who was like the number one point guard coming out of high school. And they got Amari Bailey from UCLA who they aren't going to be better than him long term, probably. But for the purposes of this season, they're going to they're He's going to get more run simply because they dropped him number two. Right, overall. right, right. Like he's he's going to get the biggest opportunity to be the best player all right who's next on these odds uh i i didn't really go like next i just looked at a couple different ones like for instance you have whitmore and amen both of them on the same team and each other out amends is plus 2500 whitmore is plus 5000 but that's a young team and that's like i said Jalen green is going for his you know he's getting his rookie extension after this year so if and he then, plays, yeah. if he plays well or a little bit better than he played this season, like if it looks like he made a jump, he's going to get his rookie extension, which is probably somewhere in the realm of like two hundred plus million. I know Melo Ball got two sixty reportedly. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be at least two hundred million. And then you also if, have if still has the money because they've been giving out bags to everybody that came through. And Everybody then you also have, good. I think you also have Jabari Smith trying to break out. And he's going to take you, a lot of shots. Yeah, he's, you're going to get into that thing. Is this Jalen Green's team or is this Jabari's team? It's like, who do they want to pay? Yeah. And, you know, and somebody like Amin, I mean, between him and his brother, you know, he's the facilitator of the two, even though from what I've seen so far, like Asar is very underrated as a passer, but, you know, but Amen is the one that was noted as this is the playmaker, but then you went out and got Van Vliet. So, you know, like Van Vliet is a little small chucker, you know what I mean? But he gets a lot of assists as well. So like, that's why when we were talking about this before, you know, my initial thought was Amen's just going to run the second unit. Or maybe they're trying to build like, you know, a Boston South. Where you turn maybe, but I think they got too much. You turn our men into Marcus Smart. They got too much. I think they got too much though, because because you got Tatum and Brown, 
you know, but then you got like Horford, you got uh Tom Lord. Boston you know, was you got, running four point guards. No, but but, but I'm just saying, but, I, but, I, but I'm talking about playing white, they were playing Brogdon, and they were playing Marcus. But, but I'm talking about the level of player and knowing who they are, like you know, knowing their role. Whereas in Houston, you know, you just picked our men number four. You know, Whitmore was supposed to go top five to top eight or whatever and went 20. So he's going to have that chip on his shoulder. You got Kevin Porter Jr. who acts like Michael Porter Jr. and never sees a shot that he doesn't like. You know, you got Jabari and Jalen fighting to see whose team it is. You got Dylan Brooks shooting whenever the hell he wants, even though he should never shoot. You got oh, Van Bleak. About it. Yeah, you, so got, you got Van we'll Bleak chucking. We'll go, ahead and cancel. we'll go ahead and cancel out any Houston you know. players for rookie of the year. And then, oh, by the way, you got Tari Eason, you know, who's going to be fighting with uh, Jabari for minutes. And you got Alfred Shagoon. So, you know, so, like, so they just got like everything. Like it like it's it, it, too much. That's a great team on 2K. You know what I'm saying? But in they, real life, it don't work like that. They have enough to probably get Dame out of Portland if they wanted to. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they have got enough a lot. Pieces. They have enough. That's a that's a that's, that's a, a lot. lot of that's a lot of like and of you the got same a new coach type of player. And you got a new coach who's a defensive coach. Right. Who just who last time he coached the game was an NBA final. So it was like his standards are gonna be a little higher than yeah. you know. So so Amin may very well end up being the best player in this draft, but he's not gonna be the best rookie just based off of minutes and style and yeah, you know. his his numbers won't you may think you may think he projects higher. But his numbers won't beat out some of these other guys. Like Scoot, who's going to get the keys to the city. He might shoot 39 to 42% from the field and 20, you know, but he's going to, he's going to have the most shots. He's going to have, he's going to have at least one or two like breakout games, maybe even a buzzer beater because the ball is going to be in his hands because I think it's going to probably go through him a lot. Right. And then you got Asar, you know, over in Detroit, who's trying to figure themselves out. You know, they just gave Monty Williams this contract. You know what I mean? And I've been watching Ivy in Summer League, and, like, I think they're trying to do some combo guard stuff with him, you know, but, like, he's, he's, like, more of a – Tyrese Maxey kind of guy where like you're trying to get him to play point because he's in a point guard body but he's not really a point guard you yeah. know you you got Cade who is a giant but he's the point guard you know so he's like the same size as a SAR maybe even like a couple inches taller hey like he measures a 6'8 right yeah and I, I believe a SAR is 6'6 six, six, you know so th- then you got Jalen Duren down low you're trying to figure out what you got in James Wiseman. You know, you got one of the Bogdanoviches. You know, so it's the same thing where they have a lot. And, you know, if you're Monty Williams, you know, who is great at player development, you know, but. Don't set up to DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> but same thing coming out of uh, Phoenix. You know, he had CP3, Booker, you know, got to coach Durant for a few games, you know, like. Coach in the NBA Finals, yeah. my standards are going to be higher. Yeah, like can you, so. Can you rise to that to those and, standards? And Asar and Amin definitely have the athleticism, I believe, to 
to be pretty good players in this league, but we got to see them against NBA players before, you know, we can actually have an idea of what they are. Well, luckily they're tall. Yeah, they got that. Where Scoot and they is got that two. going. Scoot's smaller. Uh, but Scoot so just got, got that dog in him, and, and Scoot got that uh, Ving Rhames face. You know what I'm saying? Like he just Yo, he, he, he been does through have it all. Old face. <laughs> he been through it all, man. Like a Samuel Jackson, Morgan Freeman face. Yeah, like can't you just see like Shade and Sharp like taking a shot, and Scoot just walk over there talking about pass the ball, motherfucker. Like, listen, <laughs> it goes through me. Yeah, you get you want the ball, get off the rim. If you like sell Kobe a nickel bag at MacArthur Park, I want in. You know, uh, but yeah. So then. Like, I was looking at this. Um, so draft night on draft night, I loved Utah picking up um Taylor Hendricks, you know, out of UCF. Yes. So, so I was like, hey, 6'9, shooting 40 from three, you know, on a young team that's not necessarily in playoff range but could sneak into the playoffs. So, I had him on my list on draft night. You know, but then they went and got John Collins. So, like, so, so, so now when I look at it, I'm thinking like, is Collins Sexton on the trade block? Because if so, depends on how good Keontae George is. Because yes. he's also on the list at plus, and he's, he's my, plus eleven thousand. But but I think he's a sleeper. I think he could be a sleeper. Then put a hundred dollars on him because it's plus eleven thousand. I might just have to like. Um, he was my Even favorite 10, player. Ten thousand get you eleven hundred. He was my favorite player in college last year. You know, and you know, I think that they're some same thing with summer league. They're they're playing him in that point guard role, you know, whereas I don't know if he's part too. He does look the part. He looks like a good basketball player. Like I was watching I was watching his highlights from a couple games and it was like he had like fifty nine points, seventeen assists, seventeen rebounds, eleven assists like that in a couple in like two games. But I was watching him handle the ball, I was watching him space the floor, it just I just look at him. I'm like, he looks like a guy that should have got drafted in the top five. But for and I some think it's reason, body. I think it's body because I saw him listed 6'4", 170. And, but even with that, I think they they took a lot of guys. Like they took a couple of guys. The guy that was on Wimbenyama's team that averaged yeah. like seven points. Balau Koulibaly. Yeah, they. These teams are picking guys based off this potent, this this mythical word potential. You know what? I'm versus glad like, you said does that. this this guy does this guy look like a basketball player? Does he you look know what, like you know what I heard? He can I'm listening. I heard somebody on a podcast on the Athletic say that Koulibaly is young Giannis. That. So you mean to tell me young Giannis would only got six points in the French league? Just saying. Mets, 90, Mets 92. Like, ain't nobody from the Mets, any Mets, any team called the Mets doing anything. Listen, sorry, listen. Sorry, Chris. Chris, Chris don't no, – I'm not going <laughs> to play you like that, son. Listen, the Mets are moving. All right. Shout out to Chris. Yeah, they moving to the Shout bottom to the of the Dolphins. division. That's where they moving to. Shout out to the Dolphins. And if I remember man. correctly, you picked them to win the division. Listen, I just, I just, <laughs> baseball is, is a numbers game. It's just, it's, it's just you put enough money into something, it should work out. But these NBA rookie picks is like, 
So same thing, right? You gotta I'm be like, on a bad team. That's why, like, when everyone was like, because Walker Kessler probably had a really good effective year as a mm-hmm, rookie. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have a more uh visually his year wasn't better than Pablo. Like it just one thing it just looks like, oh yeah, you could be a good rookie and be a viable piece on a good team, and maybe you average 12 points and some rebounds and you shoot like Keegan Murray and, and Sacramento. Yeah, he shot great from three, but he shot great on a team that also shot pretty well. So he right. was just he just was a really good rookie on a team of of good veterans. Whereas Pablo was like the good rookie on a young team that didn't have any veteran pressure. I think Cole Anthony might Cole Anthony Markel Fultz might be your veterans on that team. So well, well you know, um and Wendell Wendell Carter, I guess, but but you know, like what's funny is like back to Hendricks for a quick second. Not only did Utah go pick up John Collins, but you know, they already got marketing too. So, so, so it's going to be a struggle for some front court minutes out there. I think they just have to give rankings to each person. But realistically, it's like the guy who's going to get the most, the guy on the worst team who's going to have the ball in his hand the most is the it's guy Scoot. who's is, is Scoot. Mm-hmm. And if Toronto goes full empty cupboard, you might have Grady Dick. He might be able to 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 steal some if if he has any if he has an NBA game. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm not like sure. Him, I'm not sure if it translates from Kansas to the NBA to be the guy. You know, we had Wiggins, we had Embiid. Um, you know, shout out to Paul Pierce. So I'm not sure, like, if this current you know realm of uh, Kansas players coming to the league. Are you really you really going to talk about Kansas and disrespect Mario Chalmers like that? Yeah, Mario Chalmers is so angry for a dude that got to play with pretty, you know, pretty dope group of guys. He just yeah. feels, like everybody just wants everybody wants credit. Everybody wants a lot of credit. Like, yo, just it's okay to be part of a really good team. Yeah. And people will give you credit for that. But it's like so, it, it just it just blows my mind. But yeah, so, so, like the guy has to be on a bad team and be able to take a lot of shots. Yeah, so so one of my so one of my picks. You know, because um, all I wrote on my notes really was Scoot is the obvious choice. You know what I mean? But just for the sake of conversation, um, I like Anthony Black out of Orlando. But there's one major thing I don't like about him. I think he's going to be really good. You know, he's looked good so far in summer league. Only problem is he is six seven guard with a six seven wingspan. You know, the wingspan thing is it's overrated. Hey, I it's, like wingspan. It's, over, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing with quarterback hand size. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of second-string quarterbacks in the NFL have big-ass hands, but they're also backup quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure Mike Glennon with the long neck has big hands, <laughs> but does he throw it to the right spot? Like That's know, all that like, matters. But I like Anthony Black because I think somebody uh, – we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now – one of the Cole, Anthony, Jalen Suggs, if not both, they're out of there. You know, uh, they probably got enough to get a Dame trade. You know, but uh, but if but you know, got all this young talent, you must do something with it. But but you know, but Anthony Black can also be interchangeable to where he doesn't have to run point. He can run the three. You know, like he can run. He can be a small ball four at times, not for very long periods of time. 
But with our new positionless NBA, you know, he can do that. Um, I like Kobe Brown from the Clippers as far as like a late pick because I believe he went number 30 or so um, from Missouri. I like him a lot, you know, 6'6", and I'm going to say it, seven, one and a half wingspan, you know, say he's a good shooter. You know, um, he can get some minutes because the Clippers are always low managing slash injured. So, you know, he might get some minutes unless they get James Harden and then he'll probably be on his way to Philly. Um, Olivier Maxence Prosper, we talked about him in our pre-show a little bit from Dallas. I like him. Um, he's six foot nine, defensive intensity. I just feel that he doesn't shoot it well enough from three for today's NBA Maybe he develops that later, but I don't think you go from 34% in college to all of a sudden just knocking it down in your rookie year in the NBA. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then a long shot, uh, two long shots. Um, Jarris Walker from Indiana uh, came from Houston. I like him a lot in that Draymond vein, kind of like the does everything guy. But they went and got Obi Toppin. So, you know, I'm, I'm imagining Obi Toppin is probably Nick. either going to start or get a lot of minutes. Yeah, the guy you, you pay is going to play. Yeah, and then um, I like Kobe Bufkin. He was the guy I was talking about in our pre-show where I said um, he's probably on the right team, but he's behind the wrong players because they got Trey Young, they got DeJounte Murray, and they just paid DeJounte. So, you know, I don't know how many minutes are available for him, but he's a long shot. He reminds me of Jordan Poole, not just because he went to Michigan, but, you know, like we were talking about Kevin Durant and how everybody talks about this great shooter that KD is. But then when you look at the numbers, you're like, well, I mean, like he shoots like 36 from three or like, you know, whatever. Like, where's this great shooter that you're talking about? The, the it, thing that works for KD is that he's always around 90 percent at the free throw line. Right. And he gets fouled on those shots so like he'll go eight four and have 28 points because he'll go 13 for 14 from the free throw line because every jumper because there's no there's not many guys in the league like i think brandon ingram might be close yeah to that length and that size obviously tatum did a number on him two seasons ago in the playoffs uh-huh. but for the most part not many guys can really contest them so a lot of guys are following him a lot of six seven guards or you know if you switch cj mccullum onto him he's probably going to get a foul call um so you, you have you have things like that so that's why kd looks the way he does but like i said with these rookies i'm not sure that the last time a guy that wasn't so if we go back here i actually haven't pulled up here so the last 10 years we got pop Paolo, Scotty Barnes, LaMelo, Jabba Rant, Luca, Ben Simmons, Malcolm Brogdon, Carlton Towns, Wiggins, Michael Carter-Williams, Dame Lillard. All those guys were on the floor, ball in hand, all game long. Sorry, I saw Mina Kimes. <laughs> Killing. Uh... Yeah, so I mean, you gotta have the guys gonna have the ball all the time. Scotty Barnes is probably the only guy that didn't have the ball all the time, but he was on the court all the time. But he was still he's still like a point forward though for for all intents and purposes. Yeah, but like I said, he was 
dynamic on a good team, but he was always on the floor. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be a guy who doesn't start. Right. Can't be a backup to a guy who's like, you can't be the backup to DeJounte Murray. Right. Because like he, he just has so many years and he just, he just knows the game. He's going to look, the offense will look way better on the floor with him running it than when you come in the game and you're running this vanilla kind of like motion offense, whatever the case may be. Right, 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 right. So, like I said, Scoot's obvious. I think Victor obviously is Oz, but I think Chet has a real shot. Mm-hmm. He does. I'm. I would say no. I'm gonna say no with Brandon Miller. I just don't really. I don't really see it because I don't like. Like I said, we haven't seen the intensity yet. So you also have to be kind of a showcase. Like Paolo, he has a name, Paolo Bancaro. Like it just. He went to Duke. He just has that whole he, the big body, the big attitude. He played a lot of. He was playing a lot of those summer events. Then he had the, the little video when uh, him and Dejounte Murray were going back and forth. Mm-hmm. So he has that before the season started, that intensity that people already were looking for. And then he went to Orlando. That's you know it's a bad team with some other young players, but he was the man on that young team. Mm-hmm. So Brandon Miller won't be the man on a young team. Keontae George would be dope because, like I said, I just like I just like the way he looks. I like I just like the way certain basketball players is kind of just the way they operate on the floor. Like mm-hmm. I like the way Ja looks when he's on, when he's out there and he's navigating. I like the way Chris Paul looks. You know, I just like the way these guys, you could just, they just move and they just move the, the way they get to the basket. I don't like the way Luca plays all the time, but I can see how effective it is, like how he uses his body. Mm-hmm. He does seem to exhaust himself a lot. Like they said, like towards the end of the season, a lot of end of the games, he's kind of exhausted because he, he does take a lot of like, he does spend, put his body on guys a lot and guys are running through him because he's a big guy, but it doesn't look the same as how Jalen Brunson looks when he's on the court. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like old James, old James Harden, or obviously Kyrie is one of these guys is just like aesthetically pleasing when he gets the ball in his hand. So when you see that, like that's what I see when I see like Keontae George. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like like I said, I like him a lot. He's my long shot pick. So for me, you know, um, just right now leaving Scoot and uh, Victor out of it. You know, for me, it goes. Keontae George and then Anthony Black. Like those are the other two that I'm considering for rookie of the year. I don't see it with like a lot of the big men in this draft or bigger men, I should say, are like a lot of projects. Like Derek Lively's a project. Like he's going to look a lot like JaVale McGee this year, probably. You know, um, not enough yeah. to not enough to impact anything outside of blocking shots. Um Taylor Hendricks, we talked about the log jam that he's putting up with. Same thing with uh, Jarris Walker, potentially, you know, uh, with Obi Toppin there. Uh, I don't even know if he starts. Um, Jaime Jaquez from the guy, you know, drafted from UCLA to Miami. You know, he's not going to score enough. Like Miami. Yeah, they, they're not going to give him enough shots. Duncan right. Robinson, and if they still have Tali Hero, right. he's going to be going to be your shooter. If you get Dane, he's going to be your shooter. Yeah. Grady Dick, you mentioned him. He might get shots, but that's dependent on them getting rid of at least one of OG or Siakam. Yeah, you somebody know? has to go. Like I said, like, if they strip, if they strip it down, and right. they are, and they look like they look like Orlando, they look like Washington, they look like one of these teams mm-hmm. that's kind of stripped down, and you're just giving the keys to whoever you have in the organization. 
So yeah, right. I think he has a shot. If like I said, if he can manage this NBA, because like I said, if if he if you get to eighteen to twenty points, then eighteen to twenty points, six or seven to six or seven rebounds, I think that'll win you rookie of the year. If yeah, he, otherwise, a bad team. If Toronto runs it back, he's just going to be Kyle Korver, you know, um, and then stand on the wing, wait for it, you know, and yep. then maybe JJ Redick at best. Um, and then you got Prosper that I mentioned from Dallas, like so he would be like my number three, I guess, you know, not counting Scoot and Victor. So, you know, I don't know. Like I, I was looking at this, we talked about it, and when I look at this draft. I know everybody talked about how weak it was. They said it was like a three-player draft, and then it's real weak after that. I disagree unless the argument is just we're looking for stars. I see a, I see a lot of good. Yeah, I see a lot of good NBA players. Like I see a lot of dudes that are going to be around the league. You see that video of Amani Bates not missing a shot? Yep, and then I watched him today, and I was like, why is he on a basketball court? <laughs> You know, like I, I was watching him and I was just like, he had that KD thing where they had guys on him that were six, three or so. And he would just fade away from the free throw line. And I'm just like, dude, like, well, I, you got to get, you got to get him there and get him coaching like NBA coaching. Cause I think I, I always liked them. I just, I'm not sure if you need, you need the, the coaching guidance because he's a unique kind of player it's right. more it's, it's starting to become a little bit more common but he's that tall long skinny doesn't look like he's going to be able to really put on a lot of weight which is nba's kind of shifting towards that it seems like Dwayne Wade was always really big uh-huh. Kobe was big Allen Iverson was the only guy that was like skinny that was getting a lot of run Tim Duncan was considered skinny but if you look at him compared he to, was a tree <laughs> yeah if you look at him compared to like guy like chet holmgren and all these other guys who are seven feet tall they're in the league now even like javel mcgee is was probably considered skinny but if you look at javel mcgee he looks like a monster compared to victor right you know, as far as that size so i think Imani just needs that tutelage but he's on a team where you have donovan mitchell puts up a lot of shots you have darius and then you you have Levert coming back. So I'm not sure how much run he gets. And I, I know that in college he did transfer schools and maybe had some beef. Maybe, like, you know, is your attitude right? You know, like, because mm-hmm. you're a good basketball player. Don't ruin this opportunity because right now you're not getting a lot of run because I think mm-hmm. he's a very – like that. Like I said, that video, him like the shot-making ability, that's not, that's not going to go away. You just got to figure out, okay, where do I shoot this shot? How do I get to this spot and get, you know, my left hand cleared to where this defender is nowhere near me when I'm trying to put this shot up yeah. or are his feet out of place? So I think certain guys are going to translate to be better players. Um, he's he's on a good team because he's yeah, on a team yeah. like if you move one guy, you're still a good team and you get to move up. Mm-hmm. You get to move up in the depth chart. Like if they make a, you know, Donovan Mitchell is not going anywhere, but they trade Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. That that gets you some minutes. That gets you yeah. minutes Isaac Okoro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it gets, know, it gets you gets you to move up a little bit of depth chart. You sliding closer to the to the coaches on the bench versus being at the end with the people in the Balenciaga hoodies. Yeah, you know, I like you're, you're on the court. 
Yeah, and outside of uh, Kobe Bufkin down in Atlanta, I also like uh, their second round pick, you know, Seth Lundy, but that's the same problem. Like, you're just playing behind those two dudes. So unless there's a Trey Young trade that we don't know about, like I know there were rumors, but if there's not a Trey Young trade, neither one of y'all going to get the minutes to be a factor. Um, I like Julian Strother from Gonzaga. He went to the Nuggets, but same thing. Like, you got Jamal Murray in front of you. You got to find somebody to replace the Bruce Brown minutes, and that's probably going to be our guy, Christian Brown. Christian so, Brown, yep. You know, so, so I mean, there's a lot of guys that, like I said, they'll have, you know, eight-year careers, you know, uh, some a little longer than that, but just not their rookie year because they went to teams that were already established or. It's going to be a lot. A lot of these teams probably drafted the wrong players simply because they were on the clock. Yeah, or they just drafted the best available, and they're gonna they're gonna send guys to the G League, or they're gonna make some crazy trade to get four or five second round picks for the next eight years. Yeah, because maybe most cause of maybe, the, most of the the the, the, the or most of the staff will be there. The GM would definitely be fired if you're. Like, well, yeah, like maybe maybe if you're Atlanta, you know, you just paid Dejounte, you run it back mid season, you know, because they're the Mid Atlanta Hawks. And, you know, they're sitting there at, say, 19 and 22. You know, maybe you do trade Trey Young at that point. And then maybe one of these guys can get in the lineup or whatever because you're letting it go anyway. But there's also talk that Atlanta's going to trade for Siakam. So I don't know what's going on. Like, apparently the Siakam sweepstakes are down to Atlanta and Indiana. You know, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, so. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know about that one. Unless they can get, unless they can get a real good deal, right? I'm not sure exactly what he gives you, but I guess I mean if you if you can get a veteran in there, because it there is like I said there is a gap between the top teams, you know, reportedly that we we think in the NBA, a lot of them are old. I think Memphis is probably the best young team, but their best player suspended for a third. Oh. Of the and speaking of rookie, sorry, it just, it just hit me. Speaking yeah. of rookie of the year, I brought his name up earlier. S- Sasha Kimbikov, you know, EuroLeague MVP. The guy's going to Sacramento. Yeah. So, you know, um, he has to get Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, Mary Fox, Harrison Barnes, DeMonte Sabonis. Those are your, those guys are getting you 80 points. Mm-hmm. You're, that, that's your, that's your 80 point group. Hey, all it takes is for Harrison Barnes to turn back into 2016 finals Harrison Barnes. Listen, I don't think he's been like that since. <laughs> that was that was a strange game for someone to miss that many wide open shots. You know, and uh, you know, so yeah, we'll see. You know, um, you know, I, I like I'm still shocked at some of these teams, though. Like uh Sacramento, everybody, see, this is why you gotta wait till you judge because Everybody said, why did Sacramento bring Harrison Barnes back? You know, and we saw he got 18 million, and then we saw what Kuzma got. You know, then we saw what Draymond got, and that's why Harrison Barnes is back. (laughs) And there is something to continuity. You know, there is something to, you know. It's a real thing. Like, you really need it. Yeah, like, you don't need to make a trade right away. Like, you could build something. Because, I mean, like, if Sacramento plays Golden State this year in the playoffs, should Sacramento feel they can't beat them? 
Oh, they're definitely going to beat them this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, they're a year older and they're in their late 30s. You guys are a year older. You're 26. Yeah, you know what I mean. You knock you out gold. You yeah, you beat Golden State and then like, you know, let the chips fall where they may. At that point, it's still progress. Golden State's gonna have a tough year. I think they're gonna be on par with the my Phoenix uh, record prediction. Like a first round exit too. Like potentially. 40. 45 and 45 and 37 37 somewhere in that range i think they're going to be a little bit more mid well it just depends it depends on what memphis does you know because the 25 games without ja they've been good without ja these last couple of years but they also had tyus jones you know holding it down you know it's going to look a little different with marcus smart you know they had dylan brooks for all the criticism that i give him you know, he fit on that team, I think. You know, they get their big men back. Yeah, so, it's odd that they didn't bring him back. Like, he must have really been a problem. So maybe it must have been brewing. If Memphis can go 17 and 8 without Ja, 16 and 9, then yes. But if they're sitting around, say, 14 and 11, they might start too far behind, you know, to make up that ground to get back to like a three seed or, you know, two seed as they were this year. Yeah, they might they might have a bit of a setback, but I think that. Uh, but they might I, be the team you don't want to play once the playoffs get around. Because they'll, they'll be fully on locked in. You'll have 25 games of development for whoever else you bring in to supplement Ja, and then you'll have your. Marcus Smart with the, the intelligent intensity. Maybe somebody gets the job and they, you know, he kind of gets his his entourage situation squared away well, with, see, with you know with his with his people. Well, see against the Lakers, lawyers, managers, friends, parents. Maybe he takes that time. So because if he gets if he gets out of his own way in that regard, it's a wrap. Like you can't, like you can't you can't guard him. Like well, Marcus no one can stay in front of him. Well, Marcus Smart also adds another element, like from the standpoint, like like I said something along the lines of like they replaced Dylan Brooks with Dylan Brooks. But, you know, Marcus Smart can run point. So like during the playoffs against the Lakers, Luke Kennard, you know, one of the best shooters in the league, was basically unplayable because of his defense and his lack of ability to penetrate and create. But now if you got to take Ja out for whatever reason, foul trouble, get him a quick, you know, two, three minute rest, you could put Kennard in there next to Marcus Smart. And just let him fire off. Yeah, just let him do let him do his thing. Let, let him show Grady Dick how to Grady Dick. Let him cook, you know what I mean? Yeah. So But yeah, know. I think Grady Dick, like if if Toronto makes these moves, that's probably that plus 5,500 is probably like the furthest down the list that I would be willing to bet mm-hmm. just because everybody else is is teamed up. Like everyone else is booed up with another guy on their team on the list, like it, Whitmore and Thompson, it is. George and uh, Hendricks. Quick, you know, quick, a lot of guys like that. Quick question before we get out of here. Uh, has – Masai Ujiri just fallen from grace? Like, did Kawhi basically give him more than he's than he is? They 
they fired Dwayne Casey after he won Coach of the Year mm-hmm. because they couldn't beat LeBron. Mm-hmm. Not no one beat him for eight years. And they probably still win that title with Kawhi with Dwayne Casey. Yes. So it's just a matter of it's like I think what happens is you make the move because the move is available. And recent years has been worked out. The mercenary kind of move has been working out for players. The Lakers did it with Anthony Davis. Toronto did it with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, then I think Boston's hoping it works out with Porzingis. Just getting that, get that guy in that is like, listen, this is the piece that we need to add to this team that's already championship contenders. Because it seems like the championship teams are getting better trade like opportunities. Like the Clippers, James Harden wants to go to the Clippers. You know, so granted, if they have some rookie pieces, they'll be able to ship those off to Philly. Dane Lillard wants to go to Miami. So even it's like the rich are getting richer. Mm-hmm. So Kawhi did that for Sayujiri. And then everybody else is kind of caught up. Like people just catch up. Like they Boston's got their team together and they've been they they played around with the free agent thing. They played around with potentially trying mm-hmm. to get Kevin Durant and then Anthony Davis. They, they was in the in talks with trying to get Anthony Davis, and then Anthony Davis said I wouldn't resign. Mm-hmm. So Boston just stayed stood pat and just kept their team together and they played it out. They kept going to the Eastern Conference Finals and they kept losing to LeBron. And they moved Rozier. They moved a couple of pieces, but they kept Tatum, kept mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, kept Marcus Smart, Brad Stevens. Even though he got removed from the bench, they kept him in the building. They got rid of Daddy Inge because they probably was like that's probably was holding him back. But they they kept it. You know they kept it tight. So it was like okay, we can make this run back. Toronto has had a couple of bad years, and then they're just blowing up too much stuff all at once. They're going to end up being like Detroit or Orlando with his own teams because the NBA does not have a worst of first trajectory. Mm-hmm. It's not set up that way. The NFL, if you're a bad team, then you play a bad team schedule the following year. Mm-hmm. So you have a chance to go from 7 and 10 to 10 and 7 because, like, for instance, the Falcons are probably going to play, I think they were third. They might have been fourth in the division. So they're going to play a favorable schedule. Mm-hmm. They're going to play a team like the Jets, who are fourth in their division. You know, so it's like you're going to get an opportunity to turn around your team, and then you only get seven draft. You get seven draft picks, undrafted rookies, so forth and so on. But you get to pick first, like you get to pick, you know, the top talent. So the NFL gives you that opportunity, and the way they set up their contracts, it gives you an opportunity to go from worst to first. The NBA, their contracts are, are so. I'm gonna use the word bad because they're very pro player. Yeah, I mean they're all guaranteed. They're guaranteed, but they hurt the team because the way they pay out. Like I talked about this before, Dame Lillard's extension, he has 213 million dollars left on it. A hundred and like 16 million of that is in two years from now. So it's like. He's getting like 40, I think he's getting 44, 46, and then 63 and 60. Yeah. 
It was like, so in four years, when he's three or four years older, you're going to be giving him $60 million. That's if he opts in, like stays with it. He can opt out and probably get more. Well, that's why, but that's why I understand why Portland doesn't want Hero because Hero already got his extension, you know, and going to take up X amount percentage of the cap. But then you also already have Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, Scoot, you know, so like there's no, so you need that third team if he's going to can't run out there with a bunch of six, six, five guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with that. And, and, you know, Hero, Hero got those T Rex arms. And, you know, like, so now you're like, like, I don't know. Like, there's not a team that's trying to trade for Dame because I guess, you know, his agent, his agent made sure of that. But, but, but you need a, t- you need Portland needs like, a big man or you know like a dude that's bigger than jeremy grant you know or something like that you know for to they probably, the should, they probably should have called phoenix before washington did and and put a dame deandre ayton situation together and then still drafted scoot henderson mm-hmm. if they would have done that then bradley bill would be going to miami mm-hmm. and dame would be Going to Phoenix. And like you were like, oh, we don't want him in a Western conference. Who cares? Strip as much talent as you can get from Phoenix in that trade. So you get DeAndre Ayton, a couple of draft picks. Yep. Yeah. So yep. so yeah, there you go. You know, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Sports reports is ordered. You know, coming at you doing these dog days of summer. You know, baseball, you know, just had the home run derby and all that. All-star you know, game. I still don't like game. the fact that the all-star game determines home field advantage for the World Series. That's just I kind of like it. Like, like, like going 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 off of your play-in thing, you know, that's why I like it. Because I just feel like it adds the effort and you know it, it adds the like pride to the conference or the but uh, I think baseball you know. players, I think they still would try to hit home runs and they still would try to strike guys out. Yeah. Because yeah. like you you're not gonna hurt. The reason, the logic behind the NBA All-Star Game, especially the uh, NFL Pro Bowl, is like you don't want to get hurt in this because of mm-hmm. its contact. Right. I think the NBA game, they can play a little tougher because I know they, those those runs we see on people's Instagrams when they're playing at like Lifetime Fitness or whatever. Hey, we saw are. somebody get a broken nose. I mean, shit happens. Just don't <laughs> throw it high and tight. Just don't throw them inside. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, so like, I mean, I get it. You have to do something, and and that was the thing that worked for them. But their all star game scores like three to two, two to one. Mm-hmm. It's like you got the best hitters in your league, and the pitchers are just killing them. Right. That was delicious. So yeah, before we get out of here, though, programming note: you know, uh, Mister Two Five is going to be out of the country. You know, starting celebrating, next week. celebrating yeah. his anniversary, celebrating your anniversary. Love. You know, like. Got the whiz taking her out of the country for the first time, you know. So, you know, I'll be gone, but Mr. Logical got you covered. He gonna be coming at you. I might still get you some two five dailies from my phone, you know. Man, you better um, enjoy your vacation. You know what I'm saying? Hey man, gotta give the people what they want, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but America, we love you. Thank you for the support. Like, review, subscribe. It's free. You know, and on that note, Mr. Logical, want to take us out of here? Yeah, like I said, haters need hobbies. 
I'm saying haters need hobbies. Hashtag haters need hobbies. That's all me. If you see it anywhere else, they stole it from me. Like I said, Esma gonna call the brand. Shout out your friends. Be nice to your friends. Be nice to your people. Be nice to your neighbors. People need to be nice. Enjoy yourself. Shout out to Beyonce. The concert was incredible. I saw that. <laughs> it, was, it was legit. It was like that. Like everybody else just season. Just if you can't do what Beyonce does, don't you have a concert? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like so, so was out there. Shut it down. So 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 what you're saying is is that Beyonce is irreplaceable. I'm two five, y'all. I'm here all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all day, y'all. <laughs> all right, thank everybody for listening. Remember, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your grandpa. I'm pretty sure he likes the way we talk. Yep. So let's get to it. Real talk with Ray John. You know what I'm saying? Shout out. Sorry, Chris. I'm not picking on the Mets. It just Shout out my name, Chris, man. Shout out, Chris. Chris Brigado, yeah, it is what it is. We love you, bro. It is what it is. Peace.